The gospel lectionary reading today is the Emmaus Walk story, the incredible story in Luke 24. I want to read part of it, and I'll be uh, referring to the remainder of it. Uh, Luke 24, beginning in verse 28. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he was going on, as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us? while he was talking to us on the road, and while he was opening the Scriptures to us. The same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together, and they were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. And then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. We give thanks to God. May we pray. Gracious God, we pray that through your Holy Spirit that, that you would take us back. Take us back this morning to Jerusalem and then to Emmaus and then back to Jerusalem and perhaps beyond. In the name of the risen Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, as I was saying on June 12th, uh, 2022, it's good to be with you. And I appreciate Will's invitation, and, and we pray for Will and Hope and, uh, and the family. And hasn't this been... A great, great year with will and hope? And the answer is yes. And the second year is going to be even better than Josh Heupel's second year. And I will rejoice, and you all can tell David what I'm talking about. But we, we think about you daily, and we pray for you and thank God for you uh, daily. Some of you know that Diane and I uh, went to the Holy Land a month ago. And I hope you know, and I've tried to tell your leaders to let you know that you, that current church, was the inspiration for that trip. Because as we left uh, last summer, you all said just go, you know, go away, go, go far away. No. <laughs> No, our, our, our district superintendent and some of you all said, you know, do something you know, for yourselves or, or do something um, you know, with Diane or do something uh, for Diane. And, and it seemed you didn't have a, a new barbecue grill with, with what you have in mind. And, and about that exact same time, we, we heard of one of my uh, colleagues was leading a group to the Holy Land, almost the exact same time. And I had gone 34 years before. Diane was not uh, on that trip. She's never really you know, wanted to go, and that was the, a great loss on, on that trip. I wish she had, had been there. 
And so for many months, uh, we had um, planned and looked forward to and, and prepared for uh, you know, that trip. Some of you have said that, that you wanted to see our pictures, so we brought 666 of them here uh, for you this morning, uh, you know, if you want to see. But the, the highlight of the trip, as you would expect, was Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And while we were there, our uh, tour guide said, you are at the center of the world. You know, Jerusalem. And for both of us, the, and we're still and probably will always be processing the, the experience that the deepest experience is God experience happened in Jerusalem. So today we are in, uh, you know, in Jerusalem. It is uh, uh, Easter afternoon. And the, um, we hear that two of them, whoever the them are, leave Jerusalem and start uh, walking to the village of Emmaus, um, seven miles away. And as they are, are, are walking alone, uh, along, a, a stranger appears that, that we know as Jesus, Luke tells us, but, but they don't know. And, and they are talking, and they are talking, and they are talking about what, what had happened to Jesus of, of Nazareth. It had just happened. And this, this Jesus that they said, um, that we had thought he had been the one to redeem Israel, but he had been crucified. And the way they thought, no Israel redeemer was going to end up being crucified. And so they uh, walked along and they had uh, you know, also already heard from uh, from some women that that the women had seen a vision of some angels that the tomb was was empty and that Jesus was alive but they they are on the uh, on the road uh, on the road from Jerusalem toward Emmaus and they they are talking about this and and the stranger asked um, what what are you all talking about and he wants in on the conversation, and, the, and they say to paraphrase, well, where have you been? If, where have you been about what has just, just happened a, a, a couple of days ago or right here? And, and they again say, you know, we had hoped this had been this person. We, we thought he was a prophet. We thought he would be the one to redeem Israel. And then the, the strangers started, uh, started talking. Uh, you know, he he himself talked about a uh, you know the prophet in in the prophet being uh, crucified, and so they keep on going. They they arrive in, in Emmaus. They um, they go inside a house that the stranger starts to go on, on his way, and 
They say, no, no, wait, it's, it's getting late, come on in. So they not only invite the stranger in, but they invite him to share a, a meal with them. And then Jesus, the stranger, the guest, uh, acts like he becomes the host. And, and it comes at, at mealtime that Jesus himself um, you know, is the one that, uh, that takes the bread and blesses the bread and breaks the bread and gives the bread. And they may have had some, some memory of, of not long before Jesus being in, in a crowd when, um, when that Jesus of Nazareth took some bread and blessed the bread and broke the bread and gave the bread and the bread blessed and, and fed the people. And as the stranger broke the bread, they recognized Jesus. They recognized the risen Jesus. And, and in that moment, uh, as soon as they recognized Jesus, Jesus leaves. And they said, we, we have recognized him. And indeed, our, our hearts were burning when, when he was interpreting the scriptures. There was something going on. This stranger was not just anybody. And the group believed. As incredible as it was, the group believed. They believed because they had experienced Jesus. They had seen um, a Jesus. They were not only re relying upon the reports of women of their vision, but now they themselves had seen, had actually seen. And we, as we go further in, in the Scripture, that, uh, that we know Jesus is going to be showing them his, his actual wounds. But they believed. Because they had experienced the risen Christ. A couple of weeks ago on, on Easter Sunday, uh, we heard a, a marvelous uh, Easter sermon. And the sermon was kind of struggling a, a little bit for a while uh, until the, the minister said, I know, I know, I know. And he talked about... Uh, Talked about being, told about being a, a, a minister's son. And of course, he, he had faith, but he told about a late teenage experience. And he was at one of our United Methodist uh, activities and, and institutions. And he had a, a spiritual experience then and there. And as, as a late teenager, he said, he experienced, and he said, I, I know, I know, I know that, that God is real. That Christ is, is risen. That the Holy Spirit is, is alive and, and with us. And that, uh, and that God has a, 
a way and a mission for him and, uh, and for all of us. And, and that youthful experience changed his heart and it changed the direction of, of his life to the blessing of so, so many, many uh, others, he said in that Easter sermon. But there, they then went back on, on down the road that they had just been down. And, and they went back to uh, Jerusalem, a, a few of them did, and they joined the 11 uh, remaining disciples. And they said, the Lord has risen indeed. What you have heard is true. What we had heard is true. The Lord has risen indeed. And the others believed. And they were transformed. And those disciples that had seen almost no capacity to understand Jesus during his ministry. And one had betrayed him. One had denied him. They all had, had deserted uh, Jesus. And now they believe. Then, you know, very soon, almost immediately, the risen Christ, as the story continues, is going to, you know, appear to them, to all of them. He's got a mission for them. And the risen Christ, as the story um, uh, continues, saying that, that you are witnesses of these things and that the message, you've got to take the message beginning from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And take it there and there and there. And then we know down the road, or the time road, that Jesus is going to say, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, right here in Jerusalem, but also in Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth, and, and down to history. And they did. And from Jerusalem to Emmaus, back to Jerusalem, they could not, would not keep that message, that faith, that conviction to themselves. They took it to all the world, to all of history, including to us, including to us. It all started in Jerusalem. Sure didn't end there. But Jerusalem, and, and Diane's, um, Diane has said that, uh, that her most convicting, uh, the highlight of the, of the trip uh, was the garden and the garden tomb. And a, a place that, that indeed looks like a skull, Golgotha. And, and near it is this beautiful garden. 
And then there, there is indeed a, a tomb. And we don't know exactly where the location of, of that tomb, but it had to be like that tomb or, and very near that tomb. It could very well have been that tomb. And we actually were allowed inside. And Diane said that uh, the high moment uh, experience for her always to be remembered, and certainly for all of us, was that garden and the garden tomb. For me, it was nearby. And it was at what we know as the Western Wall or the, the Whaling Wall. Now, when I was, went to the Holy Land 34 years ago, my main experience of the, uh, of the wall was just awe. I could not believe that, that I was looking at that wall. That wall that was instructed to be built by Herod the Great. Herod the Great, who had all these building projects, but he renovated and greatly expanded the temple and the Temple Mount. And Herod the Great had built this great wall, you know, all the way around the, the temple wall. And most of that wall, of course, and the, the temple itself, and most of the wall was destroyed by the Romans in 70 A.D., but not all of it. And there is a remnant of that western wall that is still there. That wall was there when Jesus lived. Jesus, obviously, had been outside and gone through and, and inside that very wall. And so my... 34 years ago, I just could not believe what, what, what I was looking at. And I, I haven't met, mentioned Piper yet this morning. But it was, it was like um, a few months ago around Christmas, we have a little uh, two-year-old great-nephew. And he came bouncing in, in, in my sister's house one day like, you know, you know, like you know, he was in charge like he always does. And then he came up, and there stood Piper. And, and his response was, he suddenly stopped and went. And that was about my response before, before the wall, but, but different. And fortunately, we, we were given a, <clears throat> a lot of time uh, at the wall in the large area. Uh, Personal time, we could just do and go uh, where we wanted to. So I just, you know, I just stood there. Now, Diane had already gone, and you know they have the, the men's prayer area and, and the women's <coughs> prayer area, and, and that's where the Baptists got the, the idea of the boys' um, elementary Sunday school classes and the girls' el elementary Sunday school classes. But I just stood there. There's a huge area, hundreds and maybe a few thousands of people uh, going around this 
you know, there's the wall there, but it's just a, a huge expanse. Of course, they're mostly um, the pilgrims and, and tourists there. There was a Jewish service going there, but I stood there in grief. Just in, in grief. Of, of course, at the, at the wall and what it represented, and it being given the name the Wailing Wall because the, uh, the Jews you know, literally wail and grieve at, at the wall. But the wall seemed to symbolize how we human beings have treated or mistreated one another. All the way back to Cain and Abel and all the way through human history and now and beyond. I had just read before the trip Karen Armstrong's huge book on Jerusalem, the history of Jerusalem. Not just Jerusalem, um, back to Abraham and especially to, to David and Solomon, but even um, up to and through Jesus and the destruction of the temple, but uh, you know, all the way up to the present day, and the continual invasion, feats, and several destructions of Jerusalem, Jerusalem just being left in rubble and, and abandoned and then reoccupied and, and then the Crusades and all the way through history to the, the seven-day war and on and on and on. And that walls seem to symbolize how we human beings have treated and mistreated one another through the years. And we certainly remember the Jews as being among the most uh, afflicted and persecuted people in all of human history. And after lunch, we were going to go to the uh, Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem. But Christians, and we know that especially the early Christians, the first few centuries, were, uh, were persecuted and and martyred. But then, um, but we know the continuing history that, uh, that Jews have been perpetrators of, of violence as well as victims, that, that we Christians in the Crusades and others have been perpetrators of violence as well as victims. And then the Muslims can come in in, in some peace and have been perpetrators of violence, and symbolize right there. So, so I stood there, and all of that was, was going through me. And then I noticed some activity and noise off, off to the right. And we looked, and it was a bar mitzvah close to the western wall, close to the whaling wall, there was a Jewish bar mitzvah. And there were two young boys standing there proudly, you know, dressed to the nines, and their, their proud parents and, their, uh, and, and their, their families. And there's this joyous faith celebration. 
And then as we stayed roughly an hour, we ran across four bar mitzvahs that were going on throughout the general area of, of the Wailing Wall. And they were similar of the, of the Proud Boys and, and the Proud And they had blue and white balloons, the colors of Israel, and, and there was music, and there was some dancing, and, and, and there was food. And in, at the Wailing Wall of all places, they believed. I saw faith that these families believed. They still believed. They believed in the midst of it all, in, in spite of it all. And, they, and the great thing was that the young men represented a whole new generation of faith. And right there, of all places, it's all faith. They truly and really believed. And standing there, you know, I did too. Those, the Jews at the Wailing Wall inspired me, you know, a Christian, about to go home. So we, we came home and, and what has happened in, in the past month, there was violence right there on the Temple Mount, uh, right, right where we were two weeks later. And in coming back to America, there was Nashville and Louisville, Dadeville, Alabama, and a, and a driveway, and on and on and on, and the, the host and annual conference meeting yesterday, and just on and on and on. And sometimes it's a challenge to believe. Perhaps always it's a challenge to believe. But yesterday, when I needed it, thought of those Jewish families at the Wailing Wall. And even more so, we can believe in those disciples. Those often pathetic disciples. And they say, the Lord is risen, they said. The Lord is risen. And He is. He was then, He is now. He always will be. And they went on down the road that they'd been down. May we pray. Gracious God, we have, of course, heard the, the story again, worshiped so triumphantly, sung the music. And the incredible, incredulous message that the tomb 
the stone was rolled back and the tomb was empty and that the story that Christ was risen and the Christ who appeared that morning and for 40 days. Oh God, reveal to us the risen Christ in you. That we could say within ourselves, I know, I know, I know. That may our Easter faith truly make a difference. And that we're not going to keep this Easter faith to ourselves, but we're going to live it and we're going to share it. Oh God, thank you. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.